For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor, because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. everyone it is the oslo.com nhl dfs strategy show we've got a nice five gamer on a tuesday we had uh we had a big was it nine games yesterday so we're kind of flip-flopping the days of the week uh shorter slate on tuesday bigger slate on monday and i'm joined by slim cliffy michael clifford how did your monday night slate go huh. uh Probably about as well as anybody else that had 0% Carolina won because that line absolutely throttled last night. I think it was four goals at six assists in total. So you either had Carolina won or you were scraping to the cash line. Yeah, I was uh, not scraping to the cash line. I also didn't have much Carolina won. So it did not work out for me. I think I think it was my worst ROI of any slate and i i like the spot for carolina but like they're just so split uh between their three lines like pretty balanced um and i just ended up when i was crunching i guess i didn't get enough of uh carolina one and didn't really have a, a lot of the other lines either so it was uh not my finest moment but it, it is daily fantasy sports so we got another chance to redeem ourselves tonight anything else you wanted to talk about last night this is going to be a little bit shorter of a show we're probably gonna get out here about 10 minutes before uh four eastern so they can get ready for the nba show we got three hours coming out uh of nba content right after this so uh don't go too far but cliffy anything you want to talk about on last night or we're just throwing this slate away and moving on i mean i I think there's some things worth talking about like toronto (laughs) just that historic collapse uh against the sense up 5-1 with 21 minutes left in the game and then losing 6-5 in overtime. Um, like, that, I, Ottawa can score. That's one thing that we should probably take away from that game is that they can score, and they have more scores than just Brady Kachuk. Like, I know um, they're kind of a punching bag defensively, but that's it's, it's a nice little reminder that they're still, they still pack some offensive punch, particularly in the division that they play in. Um, and then I look at Florida – um, Florida three was a line that I was on last night. Like they didn't come anywhere close enough to put it up enough to do anything. Um, but it was a matchup against Tampa Bay second line. And it was a matchup we went against a couple days before that. Um, and it's just, I just wanted to highlight that because Florida three was in a really good matchup. I used them, uh, Tippett got a goal, but Toronto got a penalty shot goal. Um, in-game matchups matter a lot. We talk about them um, on this show <laughs> like constantly. Um, we bring up the guy whose line matching sheet we use. His name's Adam Daly Fry. Um, you can contact me if you want to subscribe to it. I can put you in contact with him. But Matt, you know, in-game matchups matter a lot, and we're going to talk about them on the slate tonight. But who, you know, which lines you're facing? <laughs> it does. Any team can, any player can score on any line on any given night, but you're just trying to put yourself in the best position night after night that over the long run, like over the course of an entire season, it's going to pay off for you. And like, like I said, Florida three probably didn't do enough last night because you needed that Carolina one, but it was just a situation where it was a good matchup. The numbers showed it and it bored out um, in the results. So it's just, it's kind of heartening to see little things like that, despite getting, you know, just smashed in the face with a frying pan last night. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're going to get the line matching correct. It's going to work out. You're going to win a bunch of money. Sometimes you're going to get it correct. 
and it's not going to matter. You're going to have 20 shot attempts for the line that you were targeting, and they, they'll score once. Um, but, yeah, over the long run, I think it is a pretty uh, nice little tool if you can do that yourself or you have someone else do it for you. So uh, it's something we talk about in Slack, something we talk about, I mentioned on the show, uh, in addition to the projections and the ownership projections, top stack tool. If you guys have taken a look at the top stack tool today and the ownership, uh, you're going to see – one line garnering a lot of attention and we'll get right into that but uh that is a few games in so before we started off if you guys could drop a like that helps us out a ton as do uh as does a uh, subscription to our youtube channel if you want to subscribe get access to the projections ownership projections lineup builder top stacks tool and the premium slack that we always talk about uh, osmo.com slash join is uh, where you're going to want to go. Try us out for a week, 11.95 for an NHL weekly pass. Feel free to DM me if you got any questions on that. My Twitter handle is uh, right below me. Islander Sabres, another one we saw last night. Uh, this is kind of a weird slate overall. A couple teams coming back from very long layoffs. Uh, a game that we saw last night, and this one, uh, 3.0 implied total for the Isles, 2.5 for the Sabres. I believe the exact same as what we had last night and then it was supposed to be Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders we got an audible 20 minutes for lock it was Varlamov the the likely goalie is Sorokin again tonight uh and it's possibly Carter Hutton going for the Sabres it was all mark last night um so this is kind of a game time decision as far as who's going to be in net uh anything that you saw from this game last night that you're, you're looking to target and double down on uh this evening yeah, I think the the one thing that stood out in that game was just kind of how Buffalo played. And I think it's a nice blueprint for tonight as well with Minnesota and New Jersey coming back off their respective layoffs. Remember, Buffalo was a team that also got had a COVID breakout. They were off for two weeks. Last night was their first game in two weeks. And they actually looked pretty good in the first period. Um, like, I think they allowed a couple goals, but uh, like overall they were carrying the play. And then basically in the second and third period, the Islanders just started running them over. And I got to think it's part of it is conditioning, right? Like part of the NHL's COVID protocols is that when a player goes into the COVID protocol, they're not allowed to work out, like let alone skate with the team or anything like that. They can't work out on their own. So these are players coming back, you know, elite level top, you know, top end world-class athletes where you need to be world-class you know, every single night because the, there's a pretty good chance the player across the ice from you is. Um, and if you're not that, you're probably going to have a bad time. And I think we saw that last night with Buffalo. Like they had that short burst of energy that they had stored up because they haven't played in two weeks, but they don't have the conditioning for a full 60. And I think that's kind of illuminating again for Minnesota and New Jersey tonight. We'll get to those games later. Now for this game tonight specifically, um, one thing that stood out, again looking back last night was the fact that Eichel didn't really spend a lot of time matched up head-to-head with Matt Barzal uh in fact I went over to shiftchart.com which is a nice resource to look at head-to-head matchups um if you want to start doing stuff like that on your own um and Eichel and Barzal only went head-to-head for six percent of Eichel's total ice time which means they didn't match up at all <laughs> they're basically shifts passing in the night right like going to change or something like that like there was an uh, there's a genuine effort to get Eichel against the second and third line from the Islanders. Now, that would probably be a good thing if Anthony Beauvillier was still out of the lineup, but it looks like he's going to be back for the Islanders. Now, the question is where Beauvillier plays. It's whether he goes to the second line or, the, or down the lineup because he, <clears throat> he hasn't played in a while, pardon me. So uh, I'm actually more interested in the Islanders' second line here tonight, Nelson and Everly, as kind of like a little filler. Because if Eichel and Hall, I'm assuming Eichel and Hall and Reinhardt are going back together. I know uh, they played a part most of the game yesterday, but they were put together for the last two or three shifts of the game, I think. And that was a line that I played together most of the season. Um, I'm thinking they're going to put Eichel back with Reinhardt and Hall. Uh, We'll see when lineups hit. Um, But regardless, Eichel is going to be not matched up against the Nelson and Everly line. Um, Nelson and Everly are going to go up against the depth from Buffalo. And like, you know, Buffalo might be getting back Ristolain or, or Montour tonight. But again, these are players that haven't played in over two weeks. What kind of shape are they in? And Buffalo's defense isn't anything to be worried about anyway. So I really like that Islanders uh, second line as a filler stack. 
I'm not, um, I do have a lot of Buffalo top line for the reason that they are matched up against Barzal. Like if they can get in and get matched up against, you know, Pajot and Komarov or, you know, Beauvillier starts out, you know, down the lineup and they're matched up against, you know, Nelson, Dalcole and Everly. That's another good matchup for the Buffalo top line. So that's kind of where I'm at here. I'm on the Buffalo top line, more, you know, mixing in some power play stacks. So uh, while I think it's going to be Hall uh, and Reinhardt with Eichel, I'm, you know, I am going to play some Olofsson in there because he's on the power play with, and I'm going to make sure to get, um, you know, a little bit of Dolan, but that's kind of where I'm sitting right now is, is Buffalo one Islanders two. And I do have, if you need to get super, super cheap because you're, you know, overstacking, like Colorado power play or something like that. I don't mind dipping back down to the third line, uh, Pajo and Wallstrom. Pajot's really come alive these last few games. His shot rate has gone up um, more to the level where we'd expect to see him. Oliver Wallstrom uh, got a power play assist last night. He's on the second power play unit. So I like that as like a, a little, you know, Pajo Wallstrom, little mini two man. If, if you need a lot of savings because you're stacking Colorado or, you know, Washington power play or something like that. Yeah, I think a few, a couple lines in play, maybe even three lines in play for the Islanders. You mentioned uh, the second and third line. If Bovillia slots in on the second line with Nelson and Everly, I really like that. That's one of my favorite fillers. I think that could potentially be a low own combo, although it looks like some sites have them, like Bovillia penciled in there and Del Cole spot and Del Cole slotting down into the third line. Um, so I think the most important thing for this game is, as it is for most games, especially at the start of the slate when you can redo your lineups uh, 20 minutes before lock is just to make sure you've got the correct combos. So uh, yeah, Hall and Michael were back together. That's something I'd very much be interested in with Reinhardt or Olsen. Uh You might get Skinner bumped down to the third or fourth line as we've seen him uh, for the most part when he's been in Buffalo. Um, so if they stack up that Buffalo top line, I would definitely be interested in that. That could be another potentially uh low-owned trio of players uh and and might uh let's see that's like right around the price that pit one is doing quick math here if you go eichel reinhardt and hall that's what that's even more expensive than pit is that right uh yeah five plus yeah it's, yeah, it's, 20, it's like twenty thousand five hundred or something yeah like that. yeah so i mean it's it's not as like juicy of the spot but it's going to be much lower owned and you would get a similar roster construction as uh the people the the abundance of people that are going to be playing pit one tonight so like some buffalo one uh especially if they put that together if they start out with stall hall and reinhardt that looks like a pretty low owned line and uh, i'd be willing to go to some of that uh as well um i think that's all i've got for this game it's it's not a game I'm super excited about, but anytime you can get uh, like unique line combos or like late news on a short slate, especially I'm more likely to swap to the late news, regardless of how much I like the spot. Uh, the one guy I wanted to mention is $2,500 Matt Irwin. Are you in on that? I that, mean, I, it's not a bit. I, I actually last night, didn't he? Yeah. He got the bonus like right away. I think yeah. he got like four blocks. only. Yeah. But. but okay. So here's the thing is, okay. I, I imagine some people are going to be in on Irwin. I'm in on Henry Yoka. How are you? He was Irwin's uh, defense partner played as many minutes as he did. And I think he's just a way better defenseman, like a, a good, I think he's a good puck moving defenseman. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain about either of them, right? Like we're looking at 25, $2,600 defenseman. If like either of them playing 22, 23 minutes is a great play. So yeah, I'm with you. A couple things I wanted to mention. One was Noah Dobson only played 15 minutes last night. Uh, looks like he might be starting to fall out of favor a little bit with the Islanders. So watch Dobson's ice time. And the other is Carter Hutton is probably starting for the Sabres. And high danger save percentage is something we look at for goalies because it, it can correlate from year to year and it can kind of show you how good a goaltender really is. His high danger save percentage over the last three years is worse than Jimmy Howard and Braden Holpe. So that kind of needs, lets you know what kind of level uh, goaltending the Sabres are going to be getting tonight. So don't be, don't be afraid to play some Islanders. I think we're good on this game. Let's go to the Devils and the Rangers. 2.6 implied total for the Devils. Three for the Rangers. Probably Scott Wedgwood going up against Shesterkin for the Rangers. Uh, Rangers without Artemi Panarin. And then who's the other 
is it a defenseman that they're missing? Yeah, DeAndre Miller. Miller. Okay, Miller. Uh, so he was like a mid-salary guy, another guy. Uh, I, I guess I'm just slamming more Matt Irwin, though, or, or Yoki Aryu, uh, if you're Cliffy. Blackwell going to be on the top line, at least to start with, it looks like, with Sabanjad and Kreider. Strom, Lafreniere, and Kako as your second line with no Panarin. Uh, and then the Devils, I feel like they haven't, they haven't played in like two full weeks, I think, maybe even more. Uh, same with Minnesota. We'll talk about them a little later. But I'm seeing the lines as Hughes, Jesper Bratt, and Andreas Janssen. Uh, and then Palmieri on the second line, Miles Wood on the third line. Not a whole lot to love on the, this Devils side. Is there anything you like in this game overall? I mean, yes, for Brad, 2,500 top power play. Um, I was looking at our ownership numbers, and I was wondering why Jesper Brad was at 13% ownership. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he's on the top line, top power play, you know, 2,500. Okay, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, I, one thing I was surprised by was our ownership projections for Amika Zibanejad, because I, I thought Zibanejad was going to be in Crosby's spot and Crosby and Zibanejad's. Like, we still have Zibanej that high. He's at 25%. Um, but, like, everything I, I – like we talked about earlier about teams returning, um, <laughs> the Devils have only had a couple practice days. I don't know if Jack Hughes has practiced with the team yet. I, I th- Maybe yesterday. They did some power play practice yesterday. But that's, like, literally it. Most of these guys have only had one or two practices together with no workouts for two weeks. So, again, you know, as much as I don't want to – uh, go towards the chalk. I don't know how we don't go towards the Rangers here. I mean, the other side of that is that if you don't want to play the Rangers, you should probably play Mackenzie Blackwood uh, in net. Um, but you said Colin Blackwell starting on the top line. It's something that makes me furious. I talked about this on Twitter. It's like Pavel Buchnevich always gets the short end of the stick. He's always the guy that gets pushed down to the third line for some reason. And it's infuriating. I don't imagine Buchnevich is going to stay there the whole game unless the Rangers blow the doors off. Like if the Rangers get out to a four or five, nothing lead, they're probably not going to change up the lines. But you know, if this is a two, two game at the end of the second period, uh, that's a different story. So like, I wouldn't exclude Buchnevich specifically, um, but I'd probably reserve it for more power play stacks, right? Like if you're doing like a Zbanejad, uh, Lafreniere and Buchnevich or something like that, you know what I mean? That's kind of more, the speed that I would go rather than just going Crowder's advantage at Buchnevich. That's probably not something I would do a whole lot of. Um, as far as the matchups go, like, I don't know how you really dictate matchups here with Colin Blackwell on the top line, no Artemi Panarin and the Devils having not played for two weeks. Like, I don't think matchups really matter a whole lot here. I mean, obviously you probably want to get into the second line uh, against the Devils because Zach is, uh, it's Zach or Sharon Go, which is going to be the second line center. Either one, it doesn't really matter. They were both not very good. Um, so I don't really think that there's a whole lot um, to worry about defensively from that Devil's second line. So I am focusing more on the Rangers second line. Strom, Kako, Lafreniere. Um, a lot of Strom and Kako in my lineups because I am going expensive elsewhere with like Washington and Colorado and stuff like that. So I do like kind of mixing in some Rangers PP2 stacks like Strom, Kako, Truba. Uh, Phil Giuseppe, I think he's getting some power play two times. So if you want to be a little bit different and throw him in uh, instead of Kako, I'm fine with that. Uh, But that's kind of where I'm going with this. I'm staying away from the Devils completely other than uh, Blackwood and Nett. Um, I just don't think, um, I just don't think the Devils will be able to bring much. Like this isn't a very good team anyway. coming off a two-week layoff i'm not expecting anything from them tonight if people want to go on the devils and you know hope that they have remember when dallas came back a couple weeks ago from their outbreak um, they had like seven goals in the first game or something like that i think that was actually my best night of the season um something like that can happen but uh again the dallas stars are a cup contender new jersey devils are a lottery team uh the devils are are still without gusev uh out on New Jersey, in on Rangers 2. I don't know what you want to do with Rangers 1. I have them mixed in with a couple power play stacks, but like like Mika's advantage that I think he's probably going to be 30% plus. So I'm really worried about the ownership. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the two mans are appealing, I think, on the Rangers side. It's advantage at Kreider, Strom, Kako, uh, Strom, Lafreniere, Kako, Lafreniere. I think there's a bunch of ways to attack it. I'm 
because of the chalk with pit one, I'm looking for like I'm running more weird lineup builds. So like five man power play stacks, like I use those quite a bit. Uh, and I think the Rangers are kind of the perfect team for that. Um, Cause you've got guys in their top six that you're looking to play and it. Like I'm basically just looking to capture like a five or six goal game for the Rangers here. Um, so I like the five man power play stack with Adam Fox at 5,700. Um, you're going to end up passing on pit, but well, you're going to end up passing on the full stack, but if you can get the two guys that do well, you could potentially still play them. You could go like Crosby Gensel or Russ Gensel and hope to, for the, for them to hook up for a goal. Um, so you don't have to fade them entirely, but you're, you're just not going to get like the perfect three, three stack. If you go with the five men, uh, Rangers stack, but I, I mean, I'm playing a bunch of Rangers one Rangers two, uh, trying to go light on Blackwell just because I don't think, I don't think it's overly likely that he stays on that line. And even if he does, I don't think that it's that likely that he contributes to the scoring. Um, so he's 2,600, I guess he, he makes it work, but uh yeah it's gonna be rangers for me truba 4600 uh, i like him as more of a one-off guy but if you want to throw him in there with the ranger stack he's gonna play a lot at five and five as well not a whole lot on the devils that i can really get behind here other than just um just like filler stacks with with expensive teams elsewhere vegas colorado Pitt. if you wanted to go there that's fine uh you got some power play correlation uh, on the top line, we think, but that's there's not a whole lot I can say about the devil's side. Any defenseman that you're looking at, Botnin, Subban, Ty Smith? Uh, I mean, I think I have one or two Ty Smiths just because of the way my uh, like my my lineups worked out. But I mean, I don't really have a lot. I have Adam Fox, I have Truba in my Rangers PP2s, but I'm not I'm not dumpster diving this game. Cause even like Ryan Lindgren might play like 21 minutes or whatever on the top pair, but if you look at his peripherals, they're absolute trash. So I'm not in. And I just one more thing on the Rangers and how they're not playing that well this year. I was looking at some of the expected goals numbers. They have one player in the top 50 league wide in expected individual expected goals, and it's Ryan Strong. They have no one else in their top six is in the top 100. Top 100 league-wide. Like, it's – like, this is as good – you know what? I'm I'm playing Rangers tonight. Like, I'm not getting off of them. Like, I have a lot of the Rangers too. But this is – I hate to say one game's going to be a litmus test, but if the Rangers can't bury this Devils team, there might be something wrong here because – the Rangers have had bad numbers all year, worse than last year, and this is just a prime matchup for them just to kick the piss out of somebody else. And if they don't do it, they're going to have some soul-searching to do. I like it. I- I'm hoping for a big Rangers breakout. I'm hoping this is Sabanjad's uh, coming out party here. Because he, I mean, he's got three points this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was one of the better players in all of DFS before, like a year ago around this time. Like, we were just – Lock them in every slate, uh, no matter who the Rangers were playing. So, hoping they get back to their uh, goal-scoring ways this evening. Let's go to the Capitals and the Penguins. 3.2 implied total for the Caps, 3.4 for the Penguins. Vanacek and Jari are going to be your goalies here. We saw these two teams play on Sunday early afternoon, uh, and there were a ton of goals, and DK forgot to price up pit one so they're going to be overwhelmingly popular we're showing them in the top stacks tool at a 38 percent ownership share top two stack percentage though they are 16 percent almost above uh, sorry almost 17 percent above the uh, next team uh, that is colorado one in the top stacks tool so very highly owned very high chance that they are in the winning lineup uh, how are you treating pit one night? I am. So I was going to fade them outright and I didn't really have a huge problem with that. When I saw our ownership, you know, the entire top line over 30% Crosby near 40%, uh, even on a five game slate, that's way too much ownership. I had no problem fading them. And then I saw what Washington did to their lines and it scares me because Washington's new lines have Kuznetsov between Ovechkin and Oshie. And 
Nicholas Backstrom between Vrana and Wilson. Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are deplorable defensively. Like, just absolutely brutal defensively. Like, it's not – I'm not being hyperbolic here. Over a three-year span, of Evgeny Kuznetsov's uh, impacts on expected goals against were three standard deviations worse than the league average. He is god-awful in his own end. That's going to be the matchup for Pittsburgh tonight. Like, Pittsburgh is going to send out the Crosby line up against Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Oshie. So it's a great matchup for the Pittsburgh top line. (laughs) So it puts me in the quandary now is that I didn't want to use pit one because... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Oshie or whatever. Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Wilson is not a good matchup. Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Oshie is a way better matchup uh, for Pittsburgh. So, like... I, I like I'm honestly torn on what to do here because I I think if you want to play Pittsburgh, you probably have to have them. I mean, at least in a third of your lineups, right? And do I want to go that heavy, if not heavier, on a line when we have Vegas one, Colorado one, Washington one, also on this five game slate, like. Like, I'm probably going to just cross my fingers and hope Pittsburgh doesn't do anything tonight or does minimal, like maybe gets one or two goals. Like, I'm probably just going to stay off Pittsburgh one, but I just want everybody to know that, like, I just want it. I think it's going to be a good matchup. You never know until you see him on the ice. And the line combinations for Washington don't have a big sample either of them going back years. This is These lines are pretty much brand new. I just think it's a good matchup for Pittsburgh one. So like, I would not begrudge anybody for playing them, full stacking them, one-offing them, doing whatever. It's a good line in a great matchup. I'm just fading them uh, because I don't want to play a 30 to 40% line. Cause when I do that, I usually probably have to put them in, put them in about half my lineups and I'm not playing 50% Pittsburgh one when they have a terrible power play. I'm just not doing it. So uh, uh I'm fading pits pit one. If I were playing 150, I would be coming in underweight on them. I'm way in on, on Washington too. That's the line I'm targeting out of this game. Pittsburgh's second line has just been God awful this year. And you know, Washington two is not going to see them the whole night, but they should see a fair mix of them. Uh, and like Baxter and Vrana and Wilson are probably just going to run them over. Like Vrana is one of the best offensive wingers in hockey. He's been really good this year in, in lower in lesser minutes. He's on the top power play now. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom, he's probably overpriced. Um, but if you're playing, you know, Washington want, or Washington power play or something like that, you probably have to have him in the lineup. And Vrana's low price kind of offsets that anyway. Uh, but yeah, Washington too, going into that, you know, middle of that Pittsburgh lineup, I think is a good matchup for them. Uh, so I'm in on that Washington second line, especially where two out of the three guys are going to be on the top power play anyway. Mixing some John Carlson with them. Let's get ready to rock. Uh, I like I like what you said on the Washington side. Backstrom, Rana, and Wilson. Pretty good stack at uh, pretty low ownership, under 10%. Um, and the price overall, I think, is solid, even when you factor in that Backstrom's overpriced, get Rana a little underpriced, and Wilson's fine for 4900 as well in a stack. For Pit one for me, uh, it's going to be underweight, like in my 150. Like, they're great. They're probably going to score goals here a lot of the time and probably wreck the slate a fair number of times. Uh, in if you play this spot over, you know, 100 times. But um, the problem is just 
the pricing is so soft that it just they're they're expensive enough where they filter you to assert like a finite number of different lines you can stack with them and then you all end up on the same defenseman so you could go three three and get some decent lineups but like I'm trying to figure out ways to play pit one creatively and it's like you're at this ownership there's just so like every combo is going to be taken in these bigger tournaments where yeah i i think i think it might be the night for a b crowder special like throwing in like a tanev or a bluger or something like that with your pit one sure i think if you want to get different that's probably like if you're stacking pit one you're gonna have to get really different and i think that's probably one of the ways to do it is is throwing in somebody from down the lineup like i said like a tanev like a bluger zach aston reese whatever yeah uh we got a five dollar super chat from our boy clayton once again is there any data that shows a regression in scoring when teams play each other over and over. That sounds like a question for you, Cliffy. Yeah, the problem with that is, is we just don't have the sample for it because all the samples that we have of teams repeatedly playing each other are all in the playoffs. And that's not really a representative sample, right? Because you're getting the 16 best or, you know, 16 of the 20 best or whatever teams uh, in the playoffs. And it's different conditions, right? Um, they're you play two games and then you're traveling and then you're traveling and then you're traveling. Like with St. Louis and Arizona, I think it was like two and then three and then two or something like that. Like there, it's just different travel schedules as well. Mm-hmm. Plus you're all talking small samples. Like all of the playoff series are all small samples. Right. So uh, there's nothing that shows, there's nothing that I'm aware of anyway, that shows like scoring increases or decreases as you get familiar with an opponent. But um uh, it would stand to reason that you can find little tricks and, and you find little habits in the, in the play of the opponent as you get more familiar with them. Uh, so whether that's to the benefit or not, um, I'd leave that up to you to decide. I, the best answer I have is that we don't really have a good answer. Sorry. All good. Uh, Clayton, very generous, always dropping us super chats. Um, uh, right now I'm at about 10% pit one. And that's like lineups that I think are usable in these big tournaments. And I actually put their ownership down uh, closer to like 30%. Um, it's it's still, it's just really, really tough to play a three-man pit one stack or four-man with Latang. Like he's going to be in a lot of those lineups as well. And they all fit. And then you know which stacks you can play and can't play with them. And so um, maybe, maybe you want to look for a low-owned defenseman guy that might project for a few less points than like the average guy uh, or, or like the guy that everybody's going to put in the last spot in the lineup. Um, you're going to have to think more through your pit one lineups. If you do have some tonight, like I think I'm going to have a pit one lineup in the higher stakes stuff. Uh, in fact, I'm going to have at least one, um, but I kind of like playing them more in the higher stakes stuff because there's a better chance that I'm going to not be duped or not have, like I can get a unique combo of like a three, three there. So, uh, yeah, kind of a tough night, but it's a great spot. It's the best one on the night, uh, by far, if you look at the top stacks tool. So in the matchups, everything is, uh, pointing their way tonight, full power play correlation. I mean, outside of ownership, there's really nothing bad I can say about this line. Um, let's see defenseman. I mean, the one guy I wanted to mention, I want to mention, uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph. It seems like he's been losing some ice time as the Penguins defensemen have been getting healthy. And some of that ice time has gone to John Marino. Like Marino and Matheson, I think, make decent punt defensemen tonight. You know, we saw Matheson the other game. He can create offense on his own. He's a gifted offensive defenseman. He's just terrible defensively. That's why he's not a great defenseman. Um, so I don't mind Matheson as a one-off. That's about it. I mean, I don't mind Vanacek in net either. Um, he's fairly cheap, 7,400, and he'll provide you a good amount of leverage, assuming, you know, half the lineups have pit one or pit two or pit power play in them. Yeah. Uh, if they can only score a couple goals here and Vanacek gets the win, pretty good spot for him to see 35 plus saves. Uh, not a bad option if you're getting off pit one tonight. A uh, couple things before we move it on to the final uh, two games. We're almost at 30,000 followers on our main Twitter account, and we need your help to get there. We'll be giving away 30 free weekly passes to uh, followers. Um, so head over to at Osmo underscore com right now. 
give us a follow, help us get there, and uh, you could potentially win a, uh, one of those 30 free weekly passes. And then just wanted to mention that, uh, I think I've mentioned a few times recently, but we do have all of our shows besides the Live Before Locks up on podcasts. So those will go up, uh, you know, 15 to 20, uh, 20 minutes after the show. You can catch them uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever you listen to your podcast, we've got them pretty much everywhere. If you want to leave us a five-star review, uh, you got another chance to win an Osmo Plus uh, monthly uh, platinum pass. So go over there, give us the review. And uh, if you listen on podcasts, might as well anyways, chance to win a free monthly pass and uh, get access to everything on the site. Two more to go. Abs, Golden Knights, 2.8 implied total for the Abs, 2.8 as well. For the Knights, this one has uh, bounced around. I don't normally pay attention to line movement, but I'm updating stuff for projections. And I've noticed like third at a six open, then it went to five and a half. It was Colorado was favored at one point. Then the Theodore news came out. Now Vegas is favored slightly. Uh, it doesn't matter too much, just some percentage points in uh, each player's projection. But thought that was interesting. Grubauer and likely Flurry. I don't think Lanner is ready just yet. Uh, and then I think I just mentioned it, but Shea Theodore expected back and uh, was running top power play in uh, practice this afternoon. I guess it's probably this morning in Vegas. Um, this game happened uh, a couple nights ago. It was very low scoring. Uh, do you think we see that again? Yeah, I mean, it was a low scoring game, but it wasn't like a boring game, right? Like we sometimes we see one nothing games and we think, you know, it just kind of drag along or whatever. But there was like, I think like 55 or 60 shots. Like it wasn't like, you know, just completely hack hockey. But I think bringing up Flurry is pretty important here. He, you know, Leonard's been hurt. They haven't started dance. Flurry's been playing every game. You know, tonight's three and four for him, four and six and five and eight. Like five five starts in eight nights is a lot of hockey for any goalie. And his numbers are like beyond unsustainable. So I'm wondering if we don't see some regression start to kick in soon between the fatigue and just, you know, the normal regression that a goalie riding his hot hand would go through. Um, as far as line matching goes, one thing that caught my eye in that game on Sunday was the stone line didn't really play a whole lot against the McKinnon line. It was only about a third of their ice time. And that's, you know, that's not a match. That's the matchup that I want to avoid because that's their best defensive line. Like if you look at Vegas, the second line, they're really good, but they give up chances against too. Like their expected goals against is lower than league average. Now the expected goals for is way above league average, which is why they're a good line, but they do give up goals. Uh, and then the third line, for Vegas hasn't really looked great this year. Like I was pretty high on Cody glass, but he's looked kind of so-so. Uh, and then, you know, Keegan Colsar comes in. It's just kind of a mess on that third line right now. So if they're going to keep stone away from McKinnon and McKinnon's going to get that second and third line from Vegas, like, no, it's not a good matchup, but it's only a five game slate. And if McKinnon comes in um, at low ownership, just looking at his ownership now, we have him at 17, which is less than half of Crosby. Uh, we have Rantanen coming in at single digits. So, you know, if I can get a Colorado one stack or a Colorado power play stack on a five game slate at like six, seven, eight percent owned, I'm gonna do it. I don't care who they're playing. Um, so I have a fair amount of Colorado here tonight. Colorado one, Colorado power play, you know, McKinnon, Rantanen, mixing Kadri uh, a fair bit. The one thing that we have to note is Kale McCarr is a game time decision for the Avs. Uh, Devin Taves had been running their top power play without McCarr in the lineup. If McCarr's back, I, you know, McCarr's going to go back to the top power play. And there's a big pricing discrepancy between the two of them. So if you're playing Colorado tonight and you want to play the defenseman, you probably have to put McCarr in. Uh, and then if he's in, you just leave him in. And if he's out, you slide Taves in and you're going to have to eat, you know, $1,400 in salary. So mm. um, that's just kind of, kind of the way you have to do it. You can kind of, you can mix, mix, mix around your lineups to leave yourself with another late player that maybe you can swap up to a different defenseman or swap up to a different forward <clears throat> if you have that 1400 laying around. But um that's kind of where I'm at on, on Colorado is their power play Colorado top line. They're one of my favorite stacks of the night uh, for ownership purposes. 
And then I do like the Vegas second line. Um, they should be going in. Uh, they'll see some of that top line, but they'll also see a fair amount of that second line from Colorado as well. And the Colorado second line hasn't been good defensively this year at all. Uh, so I do like the Vegas second line a lot, you know, again, as a little bit of a filler for the more expensive stacks like Washington or whatever. I'm just liking the ownership all around here. You mentioned Colorado one. They came up a little bit in our most recent uh, ownership projection. Those will be updated throughout lock. There's the green cliffy. All right, you're back. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but I just saw Jordan start laughing as well. Um, But uh, yeah, Colorado one right now is one of my high stone stacks. So I feel pretty good about that in the five game slate getting uh, over on them. Um, McKinnon tough game in his first time out. Uh, after the long layoff. So maybe the day off was helpful. I think we're going to see, I mean, I'm hoping to see old McKinnon here and uh, you get a cheap sod at 3,300. Some people will probably leave him off or you could go Colorado power play stack with Makar. I'm probably going to leave Makar in um, and then just swap down and figure it out from there. Because the way I, I was thinking about it is if you're playing Colorado one here, you're basically fading pit one. So you might as well have like the onslaught with Makar in there and then drop down to Taze and figure out the rest of your lineup with the $1,400. But you're going to get a low on Makar if he does play because a lot of people are going to assume he's not playing. Um, and then I like the Vegas power play stack as well with Patriotti, Stone, uh, Carlson, is it going to be glass in the top unit? I don't really love that, but if it's Marceau or Smith, that would be very useful. Plus Shea Theodore, who is running the top unit. Um, and then you can stack both of Vegas's lines at uh, five on five as well. A second line, really cheap top line. One of the better lines in hockey so far this season. Um, if you want to leave off Chandler Stevenson, no problems with that. Uh, you could also, you could pop in glass there for 3,900, if he's going to play top power play with those two guys, not a bad way to go. Might be a little different of a combo there. Um, anything else in this game? Uh, Mr. Greenman. Yeah, I was expecting you to make a joke there. Um, I don't, like Connor Timmons, if you need a punt, he played 19 minutes last game. He's still, I think he's 25 or 2,600. Um, he's fine for a punt goalie. I don't mind Grubauer in net either. If he starts, uh, he should see a fair amount of volume. So I don't mind Grubauer as a goalie either. That's it for me. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a lot of goals in this game. I think I'm going to have a decent amount of exposure here because I'm not going to as much pit one as the field. Uh, Yeah, it it looks good. I mean, two very talented teams. You saw a low-scoring game the other night, uh, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily going to see one here. Both teams can put up goals. Uh, in a hurry when they're at full strength last game of the night the minnesota wild and the la kings three implied total for the wild 2.5 for the kings wild pretty hefty favorites here Uh, that's probably more to do with the kings and they only have a couple of their normal defensemen playing Suter and dumba this evening uh could be Kapanen, uh kakinen for the wild and then quick or cal peterson not sure who's going there uh, just put the more expensive one in that is what I would do and then swap down uh, if you need to. What's catching your eye in this game? So this is a disaster because I think I think this game is kind of the crux of the slate because um, everything that we said about New Jersey earlier applies to Minnesota. It's the same thing, right? This team hasn't, like you said, this team hasn't played in two weeks, minimal practice time. They, they're still missing some guys like no Brodeen and Spurgeon. Spurgeon's their best defenseman. Um, that's a big loss for them. But here's the thing. Is the Los Angeles... Los Angeles depth is brutal. I was looking at their stats on natural stat trick. With When Los Angeles has the top line and Drew Doughty off the ice, the team has a 31.6% expected goal share, 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like, absolutely terrible without the Kopitar line and Doughty on the ice. So it's making me go to Minnesota 2 a little bit. Johansson, Greenway, uh, and Fiala. Um, the problem is there's no centers there because Johansson is listed as a winger on DraftKings. 
Um, there's no correlation on the power play, but I'm not worried about power play correlation in this game. Wait, real quick, did you say Kaprizov or Fiala? Oh, yeah, I meant to say Kaprizov. Sorry. Okay, I thought yeah, I might Kaprizov. have I didn't see them skate this morning. So. Yeah, Just... no, Kaprizov on the second line, my okay. mistake, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, Kaprizov, Johansson, uh, and Greenway, they'll go up against the second line. Uh, from Los Angeles, like I said, that second line from the Kings has just been an abomination defensively this year. It's a great matchup uh, for that uh, second line from Minnesota. Greenway and Johansson are both super cheap, so uh, you can two-man them. You can two-man. I prefer to two-man with Kaprizov. So like Greenway, Kaprizov, Johansson, Kaprizov, something like that. Um, I like that two-man tonight. That's that's all I'm taking out of Minnesota besides Dumba because I think Dumba probably plays close to 30 minutes and even. Um, I think he's been skating longer than everybody else because he wasn't necessarily COVID list. I think he was injury, wasn't it? Like, I think he's been skating. Yeah. Remember he had that like nasty looking knee injury. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess he's just fine now. Two weeks. Yeah. Later. Yeah. So he, so at least he's been skating, right? Like it's, it's not the same as everybody else where they haven't been able to work out. So I don't mind playing Dumba in any format tonight, cash game, tournament, one off, whatever you want. Um, I like Dumba mixing him in with uh, Johansson and Kaprizov. I don't know what you want to do with, with Los Angeles one. Cause for me, um, they're coming in a little bit too high owned. Um, I don't think they're really a great line either. If they go into the Minnesota top line, that's not a great matchup. I know Minnesota um, probably should be bad tonight if, cause it's their first game in two weeks, but I'm going to leave it to you to, to, <laughs> to tell us what to do with the Kings because I don't have much of LA right now. And it kind of feels bad cause it feels like, this might be a decent spot with Minnesota just coming back. Yeah, I think their top line is okay. The question is when they're cheap and like in a decent spot at home, like this one, and you've got other lines that they fit well with, like, do I really want to play a bunch of chalk filler LA one? I, I, I don't really want to. So I'm going to end up limiting them, I think, and getting to some of them. Um, maybe pairing them more with like the lower owned Vegas lines or with the lower owned Colorado lines uh, and spend up for a defenseman. Um, but yeah, I can just see myself like I'm looking through some of these lineups that I crunched out before the show. And a lot of them are like pit one in uh, uh, LA one. And they're just like super heavily duped uh, or at least projected to be so in the, um, in the uh, large field tournament. So Looking to stay away from LA one, some uh, are just like really pay attention to the combos that I'm using them with. Um, if you wanted to two man like Velarde and Kempe, I think that's a cheap two man that I would look towards uh, on the Kings side. And then I'm in agreement with you, uh, especially because we got ownership updated on the Parisi and Fiala line, uh, and they look to be pretty popular. They're not even that cheap, so I wonder if they come down by the time we get to lock. Uh, but I like this Johansson, Kaprizov, and uh, Greenway line as well. And that's another one where you can two-man um, with Kaprizov. So, yeah, not the prettiest game. But you mentioned Dumba, uh, a guy who will attempt a lot of shots. He hasn't been great so far this season, but seemingly pretty healthy, in for a big workload. I mean, literally four of the Wilds defensemen, like – I didn't even have stats for them in the projections that go back a couple of years. So like they're, I mean, they're just calling up whoever right now. So Dumba and Suter are probably going to play a ton. Um, Dumba's the guy you prefer at 5,100 there when the prices are close. So yeah, man, it's, it's ugly in this game. Anything else on the Kings blue line you want to mention? Would you play Dowdy without playing Kings one? Yeah. I think you can get away with that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Cause this could easily be like a three nothing game where Dowdy has a three point night, right? Like this is, that it, it, it's not necessarily uh, like the Kings could hammer Minnesota and still only put up three or four goals. Like they're not a good offensive team, right? So, yeah, and I mean we've got decent volume projected against uh, Kakinen. Um so I don't mind him as a one off goalie. I know he's a little bit expensive, but maybe you see. A kind of situation like we saw with Buffalo yesterday where they start out like Minnesota starts out well and then just gets caved in um, the rest of the game. So when that happens, goalie can obviously see a decent amount of volume. 
Are we forgetting anything else on this slate? It feels pretty slate, uh, straightforward. I think I like it a little bit better after talking through it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those nights where we're going to – the information is just so important, right? Like being able to be around at lock. It's why we talk about our premium slack. We have all the information that'll, that people will need as, as we get it. It's just, you know, like we talked about the Buffalo lines. What are the Buffalo lines going to look like? Um, you know, what it, you know is, is New Jersey going to change anything up with all their players that are injured? Is, is Vegas, you know – what are Vegas's defense pairs going to look like? Because White Cloud and Hag have been great, but now Theodore's back. Are they going to break up White Cloud and Hag? Are they going to move into the third pair? Are they going to move Theodore to the third pair? Like, there's a lot of moving parts tonight, so just be around for information as much as you can. Yeah, and three fifths of the slate locks at the same time, right? Right at lock, um, so you can see some changes. We see it every night. Like guys that aren't playing are owned in these tournaments. Like maybe only two, three percent, but. Uh, like you're playing closer to rake free if you know you get some of this late news and you can react to it. A lot of people are not doing so. So just be around, be in Slack. If you want to join, awesome.com slash join or just hit me up if you got any questions about the packages. Listen to us on podcasts. This will go up in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Thanks to Jordan for producing. It will be Cliffy and Josh tomorrow, I believe, breaking down another uh, another nice slate. So good luck until then. See you guys soon. Good luck, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact C.T. Lowndes & Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. C.T. Lowndes & Company has been helping protect and insuring the low country since 1850. Visit ctlowndes.com to learn more and request a quote. That's ctlownde dot com.